Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by the head brother, Michael. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who, just like Pat Mahomes, used to enjoy a nice ketchup sandwich as a kid. Oh, yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother with a much more refined palate. Thank you. Yes, Trey Newman. It was it was a ketchup hoagie, if I might add. That's... Hoagie sandwich. I mean, it's still disgusting either way. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> On this episode, we are going to break out all of our favorite segments. We'll play Fact or Fiction. I've got a trivia question. The Clairvoyant Bros might make an appearance. Who knows? Trey's got a top five list. Just a ton of stuff to get to, but first, want to remind everyone, follow us on Twitter, at CFB Bros, on Instagram, at College Football Bros, and also, I made a guest appearance on the College Draft Podcast with Ross Tucker, so go ahead and check that out as well. And an, a mighty fine job you did, Michael. Thank you very much. And I, we actually got a, a nice new drop uh, from, from that appearance. Michael Newman, who's kind of the head brother of the college football pros yeah yeah i heard that and uh it's kind of true you are the ringleader of this group you got the podcast going in the first place and uh so you're saying i wear the pants i wear the pants on this podcast i wouldn't go that far say yes ryan say yes the head brother said to say yes (laughs) maybe the soup nazi of our uh, of the podcast (laughs) i'll take it i'll take it uh okay let's get to some transfer news first ryan I command you to speak. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Jarrett Dagey, uh transferring from Bowling Green to West Virginia. Good get for Neil Brown here um, and the Mountaineers. He completed over 60% of his passes and threw 27 TDs uh, last year. And he's most likely going to be eligible right away because, as we know, Bowling Green's coach was fired. So Dagey's got a legit gripe as or a legit reason as to why his petition should be approved right away, and everybody's seems to be, so I'm sure his will. And when you look at West Virginia's QB room, obviously with Will Greer gone, it's open. I, I so I think Daigie has a, a legit chance at the starting gig. Really? So you think you think he's got a chance to start over Austin Kendall? Yeah, I do think he can can beat out Austin Kendall. I mean, when, I mean, I'll kind of say to it again, his numbers were really good at Bowling Green, and then when you consider. The fact that Bowling Green didn't have a whole lot of support around him, they weren't really a very good team, it makes his numbers even more impressive. His brother, Seth, he put up huge numbers, of course, as we know. He's got the bloodlines for it. Um, but what Austin Kendall, what, is, what has he done? I mean, I know he was the quarterback at OU, but completely QB-friendly place there. So you actually mentioned on the podcast on uh, with, uh, with Ross that you could put up 50% completion percentage at, as the OU quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I said that and right away I was like, oh boy, these people don't know me and they're, they're going to yeah. think I'm serious. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I would say Kendall's the favorite, but I give Diggy a, a, a fighting chance. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Next bit of news. DeAndre Francois uh, is going to walk on at Florida Atlantic. So Lane Kiffin strikes again. But hey, you know, why not? He he was going to get another chance somewhere. So, you know, if you're Florida Atlantic, why not take a talent like this? I mean, for me personally, 
it's not worth the baggage that comes along with them, but I can at least rationalize it in this spot. Yeah, I mean, they've just become, like everyone's saying, the last chance you of college football. So definitely makes sense. Why Why not? There's no negative. What happened? So what? If, like, if it doesn't work out for Lane Kiffin, like, so what? He's at FAU already. <laughs> it's That's not true. Like- <laughs> That's true. He doesn't have much to lose. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last transfer news is is the biggest, really. Tommy Stevens is reuniting with Joe Moorhead, going to grad transfer to Mississippi State. So how much does this news cause you guys to adjust your expectations for Mississippi State this season? I mean, we saw a little bit of Tommy Stevens at Penn State. Not, I mean, we saw him in a variety of roles, not just necessarily at quarterback. But as he never had, obviously, a ton of reps at the QB position. So it's hard to say if it really, how much is this really going to change Mississippi State's season. So for me, it doesn't really change it at all. I, I don't know if he's going to really be mu- that much better than Keaton Thompson. I mean, Keaton Thompson, in the moments that we did see him, was solid, although he was behind Nick Fitzgerald. But I don't think Tommy Stevens, I mean, he transferred away from Penn State probably because he didn't feel confident that he was going to be the starter. Yeah. So how great could he really be? I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at uh, Sean Clifford. Maybe he's going to be really, really good, but... You know, I just don't think he's going to be an all-star and really change Mississippi State's fortunes. Yeah, I mean, this really doesn't change anything for me. Honestly, I feel like based on the end of last year, I might even prefer Thompson at quarterback there. He, You know, I just don't see Stevens maybe taking Mississippi State to the next level. But, Michael, I assume that you now have Mississippi State winning the national championship? Or Yeah. Well, I already had them winning the national championship. Now they're oh. just going to like blow them out. They're going to blow Got Clemson it. out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I disagree with both of you guys, though. I, I do adjust my expectations upward because, Ryan, you're right. He left Penn State because it seemed like he was unsure if he would be the starter there, which makes me think that wherever he was going to transfer, he was at least given some assurance that there's a good chance he would be the starter. And if that's the case, if Moorhead did give him that assurance, then, and the very fact that Moorhead took him as a transfer makes me think Moorhead thinks he'll be an upgrade over Keaton Thompson. So for that reason, I'm, I'm going to trust Joe Moorhead, my Lord and savior. And I'm going to say <laughs> that this does make a real difference. Maybe I'd uh, adjust my expectation up a half a win or a win. I don't know, but I, I think there's the chance there. I mean, we saw, Keaton Thompson as a passer and I didn't like what I saw there Tommy Stevens has the same question marks but yeah exactly I don't know we're we're not as sure that he can't pass in my opinion at least so you think Stevens is going to start I do yeah I would bet on Stevens to start well we'll find out we will we will find out (laughs) I feel like he he's going to uh, he wouldn't make that move right like if, because he was going to be in a battle at Penn State, so why just go be in a battle at Mississippi State? Not exactly there'll be a little battle, but I feel like if I'm Thompson right now, I'd be like, well, I'm probably second. I would agree with that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nay on that. I'm gonna say Thompson gets gets the gig. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm getting some deja vu right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, segments. Let's get to our segments. A lot of them this episode. It's all segments. The first one is fact or fiction, and I will go first because I am the head brother. Michael Newman, who's kind of the head brother of the college football bros. So, <laughs> I think Trey and I are just going to 
let you do this podcast on your own from now on, Mike. No, please don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> please don't leave. Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports came out with an article listing his 10 bold predictions for the 2019 season. And to me, I think several of them weren't actually that bold or weren't bold at all, really. No. Uh, so that leads me to my question. Fact or fiction, his claim that Clemson will lose a regular season game is a bold prediction. Ryan, what do you think? Is that bold? Fact or fiction? Fiction. That's not so bold. Okay. I don't care how good a team is. Claiming a team won't go undefeated is never bold. I, I, it doesn't really matter who they are. Even if <laughs> Clemson's head and shoulders above the ACC, how many times it, do we see undefeated teams? It's it's not. It's hard to do. I mean, even if you are way, way, way better than everybody. They almost lost to Syracuse last year. They lost to Syracuse the year before. They lost to Pitt the year before that. So it's they always have a few games where it's like, you're going to play down. You're not going to play up to your capabilities. So it, it, I know it's hard to look at their schedule and pick out a loss right now. But yeah, I mean, it just seems to happen. You're not going to play perfect every time. But it is it is kind of crazy that it, it, it almost it almost is a bold prediction to say a team like Clemson will lose a game just because you look at their schedule and you look at what Clemson's done. And you're like, how are they going to lose? But I, I, uh, but I agree with you, Ryan. A, a freak injury here or there, or a game where they don't show up. Now you said it's hard to look at a game. There's two games that I kind of that stand out to me. I think they can for sure. Obviously, they can beat A and M at home. But the week after that, so that they have a huge game against A and M. But the next week they have to play at Syracuse. So it's going to be hard to maybe get up for the second game. Not saying they're going to lose Syracuse. And then the other one is maybe um, the last game of the year at South Carolina. If I if I had of to co- pick. Of course, and, you would say South Carolina. No, but <laughs> if I had to pick on the schedule right now, those are probably two that stand out. I think they're going to whoop Syracuse this year. I, after the last two years, I I think they're going to be ready. But it's just a good, it's a good situation. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I think I kind of telegraphed my answer here. I, I also think fiction. I don't think it's that bold. You look at their uh, their season win total is set at 11, and the over is a slight favorite, which might make it sound like, oh, they're favored to go 12-0. and 0, But it's all, all it really means is that 12-0 and 0 is more likely than 10-2 and 2 or worse. You still got 11-1 and 1 in there as a possibility. So yeah, exactly. if you had adjusted that win total to 11.5 and, and, and switched up the odds, the under would probably be a favorite or or at least pick them so yeah you would think a favorite for sure but yeah so long story short not bold nope uh ryan your turn yeah my turn all right fact or fiction jalen hurts will put up very similar numbers to his predecessors and get an invite to new york so i kind of split this up into into two i'm gonna say fiction on the stats and and fact on new york so hear me out i I think he'll put up some big numbers, but not quite as gaudy as as Baker or Kyler numbers, mainly because I just don't truly believe in him as a passer as much as I did those those other two. And but given their schedule, and in my opinion, the Big Twelve and probably everyone's opinion, it's gonna come down to Texas and Oklahoma. So he's gonna be in the hunt that Oklahoma's gonna have a good team. I think he'll have at least good enough stats to at least get to New York. Okay, this this one was tough for me. I'm going fiction, barely like you, Trey, I just can't picture him in the pocket picking apart defenses quite like Baker and Kyler. I know he's going to run more, so he'll he'll rack up the stats there. Um, but also the fact that Oklahoma, they had four linemen, O-linemen, 
taken in the NFL draft. So there's got to be a little bit of a regression on that line. So I still think he's going to have a great year, but just miss out on uh, on the Heisman ceremony. All right. Well, I'm going fact on this one. And Lincoln Riley has proven himself to to be quite the offensive mind. And Jalen Hurts, I mean, I know it was a spring game, but the spring game was pretty awesome for him statistically. So I don't see why they're going to slow down, especially in the Big 12 where you can put up those numbers and OU does have great talent. I think I think they'll probably win the Big 12. So he's going to be showcased in a lot of important games. I, I think he's going to get it done. Okay. All right. Last one. Fact or fiction? DeAndre Swift is the best running back in college football going into 2019. Fiction. I think there's there's a lot of guys in the running. You got Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, AJ Dillon at Boston College. I mean, I could list several others, but I'm taking Travis Etienne from Clemson as as the best running back. 8.1 yards per carry last year, and half of those yards were after contact according to Pro Football Focus. So, it's not like he was solely relying on a great O-line. Obviously, the offensive line was really good, but uh another thing, the the one thing Swift does have going for him ahead of ETN to your point Trey is he was utilized a lot more in the passing game so he does bring that added element but just how dominant ETN was in the running game I gotta go with him and like talking about that Syracuse game this year or last year ETN carried them to that victory he was unbelievable so that game alone just put him over the top for me yeah I agree with Michael this is fiction um and I'm not totally certain he'd be in my top three. Wow. ETN, I agree with. I you know I'm yeah. I, I agree with Michael that ETN would be my number one. Um, I think he's the most physically talented runner in the nation. He's got the combination that you need. Number two, I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor. He's I mean he's got the speed, he's got the power, and he's got the durability, which you know which is important. And then some guys, some that might not get talked about as much because he's out on the West Coast uh Eno Benjamin yeah that guy is a beast at Arizona State I like yeah him. he's really good he's awesome I mean imagine if you put him at a an elite squad he would do unreal so I mean you could definitely make the argument that that Swift would be number one but I'm not going to I just realized in my answer I I assumed that Trey was going fact here but I guess I don't know that are you going fact well before you say that Eno Benjamin I, is one of my favorites there's also like Trey Sermon at Oklahoma J.K. Dobbins I'm going to say fact that I, I like Swift. Um, Michael, you kind of made the argument for me a little bit. I know ETN had the eight yard, 8.1 yards per carry, but Swift, he car- or he split carries last year with Holyfield and he still averaged 6.4 yards in the mighty SEC, which is no <laughs> slouch. Yeah. No, that's, that's a real thing. And he had over a thousand yards while splitting carries. But to, to the point of catching the ball, we, he caught 32 balls last year. And we kind of saw in Georgia's offense how good like Sony Michelle was when you when you can catch out of the backfield. So I just I really think that going forward he's going to just break out this year and kind of take that next step to be to be the the guy the running back guy. So okay, that does it for factor fiction. Let's move on to a trivia question. So I'm going to name a school, and you have to tell me if over the last five years they have a winning or losing record against the spread Hmm. and we'll make it a competition between you two guys so i've got five for ryan five for trey and there's actually for for each of you one of the schools will have an exactly 500 record ats so you can guess that 
as well. Oh man, this is this is a tough. This is not one that I would just know. This is uh, this is like guessing. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Ryan, you're up first. The first one is Mississippi State. Ah, uh, I'm gonna say they have. Oh, yeah, it's just a guess. I don't know. Um, I mean, you just have to think. Have they surpassed expectation generally over the last five years? Yeah, yeah, I, that's that is true. Yeah, I'll, I'll say they. Uh, I'll go over on that one. Yeah, Dan Mullen. Yeah, absolutely. Mullen has a really good uh, against know. the spread record because he had another good season this year for Florida against the spread. Yeah, that was easy. Uh, Trey, yours is Troy. I'll say over. Okay, it's one to one. By the way, Mississippi State was fifty five point four percent. Troy fifty four point eight percent. That's pretty darn good. Ryan, your second one, UConn. Oh, I'm gonna go under. That was easy. I feel like this year they just probably went tanked. <laughs> they have the worst ATS record. <laughs> 27.1 percent oh wow. my gosh 16 they're 16 43 and 2 against the spread that is wow very bad <laughs> that's pretty rough um okay trey uab wow well this year it was really good uh, i'm gonna say over yeah i would think so yeah they've been the best yeah they weren't around for all those five years Oh, yeah, well, I guess yeah, if I was you gonna say, do the, that. The last yep. two years, they've exceeded. <laughs> but yeah, 65.8%. So that's the best over that span. It's two to two. Ryan, San Diego State. Mm, I'm going over. Oh, you... Wow. They play those non-conference games. Too. I would have said that, too. 500. Oh, oh. shoot. I forgot about that. Dang it. <laughs> it's like hitting a zero in roulette. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so it's still 2-2. Trey, you got the chance to take the lead here. Stanford. Under. Oh! Yeah, they're 58.5%. Wow. Which, yeah, it's higher wow. than I would have expected. When they run the, won the Rose Bowl in 2015, they were 10-4 and ATS that season. Oh. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right, so we're still locked up at two. Ryan, here's your, your fourth team. North Texas. Hmm. I'm going to go over. Wow. Dang. <laughs> that was a tough one. I would have thought with Seth Luttrell that they'd be racking up the against the spread victories, but they were 4-9 and nine ATS last huh. season. So they're 42.9% over the last five years. So they weren't fine against the spread last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. boy. All right. I'll give a point to Ryan for that one. <laughs> oh. uh, no. So we're still 2-2, I think. Yeah. And Trey? My fourth one? Washington. They've been really good, but I'm going to say under. Oh. No, it's going to be 500, isn't it? 500. 500. Oh, oh. Otherwise, oh. the fifth one would have been a giveaway. Like, True, true. Good point. <laughs> Ryan, using the game theory here. Using yeah, some, yeah. Some logic. <laughs> okay. We're still 2-2 then. So it's all coming down to this. It's all coming down to this round. Mm-hmm. Ryan, your team is Nebraska. Ay, ay, ay. We've... Oh, wow. Last five years. Okay. We've got to be under. Have to be. Really? Really? 52.5%. What? Believe it or not, over the last five years, they've only had one season with a losing record against the spread. Even 
which the two, was, four, and eight years. That's crazy. Yeah, last year Nebraska, I think, was they were uh, either five hundred or, or just over five hundred against the spread. Uh, but two thousand seventeen was the was the worst year ATS. Wow! Wow! All right, that's Tr- surprising. So Trey, this is for the win. For the this, win, this is it. This is it. Notre Dame. Wow. Notre Dame. I'm gonna say under. Oh, oh my gosh, we struggled. We were both two and zero. Oh. <laughs> I know. Wow. It's a tie. It's a tie. It's like like kissing your brother. That's what they say, right? Sure. <laughs> uh wow i was i literally i'm looking at my my little outline here and it says tiebreaker colon and it's blank <laughs> <laughs> you didn't I didn't, I didn't I didn't come up with a tiebreaker Whoa. uh how are we gonna split this tie how are we gonna split this tie where did you come um, up with these where did you find the stats on these just i i just on a website i could go to that website right now but um instead i'm gonna come up with a creative a creative question here that's tough to do on the spot all right i'm gonna go to you ryan i'm gonna go to you how many recessed lights are in my bedroom <laughs> i'm actually i'm gonna do an over under over under two and a half wow i felt like you kind of looked around several different spots there but you're, you're, <laughs> it can't be that big of a bedroom <laughs> I mean, well i don't know it's an apartment uh it's weird to have like a ton of recessed lights in a bedroom. I'm well, but you keep looking around like you're looking in a square. <laughs> I'm going over. No, dang it. Dang oh, it. wow. He fooled his Trey wins. Me. Trey wins. Wow. Ow, only it. two. Only you, two oh, recessed yeah. lights. You you wanted me to lose. You <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I was really gazing all around the room. You did. You looked like you were just like, oh, 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 oh. But no, all right. Okay. Well Trey beats me in trivia. Hey, there you go. First victory in trivia, Trey. <laughs> that wasn't a full episode worth, but yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Next segment. Oh, I was gonna say a top five list, but do you guys do you feel that? I feel a little like I have some weird sense. Yeah. Me too. I've it's a tingle. I feel a little yeah, tingle. A tingling sensation going on right now. I think the clairvoyant bros are here. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's welcome them in. I'm seeing something come out of uh, out of Florida. Hmm. UCF, a team that hasn't lost a regular season game in the last two years. I think that streak's going to end this year, but not only will it end, they're going to lose at least four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very bold, but it's hard to argue with the spirits. Yes, can't do it, Trey. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The spirits are never wrong. Mine is out west. Utah will win the Pac-12 South and Washington will prevail over Oregon in the North setting up a Pac-12 title rematch. However, this year, the Utes will atone for their poor offensive showing and win the Pac-12 title in 2019. I see that too. I see that as well. I see that as well. Yes, of course we do, Ryan. So I was in in the spiritual realm this morning I was speaking with Agafor, God rest his soul, when I just happened to have a vision about another SEC school. I saw Tennessee in week two this season losing at home to BYU. Zach Wilson, 
one of the more underrated quarterbacks coming into this season. BYU's offense dramatically improved with him in there late in the year. So I think they're a lot better than people think, and I see them pulling off the upset in Rocky Top. Hmm. I feel bad for Jeremy Pruitt already. Hmm. Absolutely. It's rough. Well, I see something that we going on right now that mm, I, I see it every year, and it's it's so frustrating. Oh no! A player will be running all alone to the end zone. Oh. Nobody within ten yards of him, but he's going to drop the ball at the one yard line. Oh no! As he's running in, that's tragic. Oh, it's really tragic. It's heartbreaking. I see something towards the end of the upcoming season. According to multiple team message board sources, Urban Meyer will be spotted at local grocery stores in college towns while meeting with a real estate agent in that town. I see that as well. And I also see Manny Diaz. And I saw his claim that they're going to be adding a touchdown chain in addition to the turnover chain. And I see on August 24th, Felipe Franks is going to throw a pick six to Miami linebacker Shaq Quarterman, and he'll be the first ever player to wear two chains. Wow. That's deep. Oh, man. What an ending. Wow. All right, guys. That was uh, a great showing by the, the clairvoyant bros. Woo, man. Okay. Listeners might have to pump up the volume to be able to hear them. But yeah, we were really... It's, you know, it's somber. <laughs> it's there. somber. You don't want to disrupt the spirits. No, can't do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> now it's time for a top five list from Trey. Okay, yeah. Now, remember, this is my list, so don't at me. At 3 Newman. Don't come at me. At 3 Newman on Twitter. No, don't at me. This is this is my list, not your list. <laughs> But I think we can all agree on it. <laughs> okay. What is what is the list? What is the list? We'll, we'll no, find out. It'll be very it'll be very polarizing. We're going the top five candy bars. Okay. Oh, I know what your number one's gonna be. All right. At number five, Snickers. Yep, yep, fair. I like a good I like a good Snickers bar. Gets me uh, over the top on, on some days. You're all not right. you when you're hungry. No. That's right. Number four, Butterfingers. Yep. Oh, that seems low to me. That seems low to me. Yeah, yeah. People might have that higher. I like. I do like Butterfingers, but but not quite up there. With they're the, a little. They're a little dry, which is, yeah. doesn't make it the top candy bar. I'm I'm good with that. Number three, Kit Kats. No, no, you lose hmm. me. I was gonna say, don't put Kit Kats on this list. Oh, is a Kit Kat a candy bar? I guess so. No. I guess see, I and especially when you you. You know, you separate the individual bars. They are bars. Now, I should preface this that Reese's peanut butter cups are not included because I don't see them as candy bars. No, no, definitely no, not. No, yeah, no, fair enough. But because they Kat. would be pretty much at the top of my list. But so I have Kit Kat at number three. Now, you guys are going to sense a theme here, and it's that I like nuts. <laughs> sure do. Okay. Sure do, Trey. Don't, don't let, so I, I had Snickers. Now, number two is very controversial. No one's going to agree with me, but this is my list, damn it. Nutrageous. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be your number one. Wow. Well, Nut- I haven't thought about Nutrageous. I, I, do they even make that they anymore? They, 
Very few stores or drugstores have them, but when they do, I, I jump on them. I had one, uh, honestly, like on your on the way back from your uh, bachelor party. They are outstanding. Yeah, I stopped at a gas station in like Arizona, and they had it. All right. They're good. They're good. Now, number one, there's a reason I have this number one, because it's, a, it's kind of like a twofer. Twix. Yeah. Now, Twix, I like... The traditional Twix, those are very good. But then I also like the peanut butter Twix. To me, those are just as good. And what's good about these is you can have them in the fridge. You can have them not in the fridge. They're still good in all varieties. Four to five were good there, I'd say. But Kit Kat, I don't like Kit Kat. Really? Lost me there. That's the one. I was not expecting Kit Kat to be the one. No, I, Kit I Kats are good. Kit Kats are good. That's a good one. I like to bite into the side of them, just, just right in the middle. Oh, like the, the true psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what you missed there. Hershey bar. I mean, that's yeah. fine, but nah, I wouldn't have that top five. Three Musketeers, maybe people would Some have. Some people like Milky Way. I like Alm- Almond Joys. Oh, wow. No, no. Paydays. Crunch bar, crunch bar, crunch bar. Yes. No, I think that was a good list, though. Trey, actually, overall, despite the fact that Butterfinger was was too low, but mm. okay, whatever. Okay, everybody at Trey at Three Newman. Yeah. And Ryan, what's your Twitter handle? Um, at Ryan F Newman, I think. Um, at Ryan F Newman one, I think. Oh, is it? Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Really active that on was, that. That was a layup. That was the easiest question of the podcast. I, you know, I'm That's not super active on That's why he lost trivia. He can't even get his own Twitter handle right. All right. Next segment. Next segment. Call me crazy, but. Not call me crazy, but. Call me crazy, comma, B-U-T. Mm. Brian, you go first. Sure. All righty. I'm going to start us off with um, call me crazy, but Stanford has the toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Now, obviously, this is a not, uh, the Pac-12, so they only have three non-conference games with the, the nine-conference game schedule. Um, so you got Northwestern, which won the Big Ten West last year, returns decent amount of talent. Hunter Johnson's coming in, but they seem they're a quality opponent. Then you got Notre Dame, likely preseason top 15, maybe top 10, depending on where you look. Team, very, very good. And then you got at UCF, and while I think they might be go down a little bit from what they've been, which is not, I mean, it's hard not to go down from 12-0 and 12-0, but that's a hard road game at UCF, so. Yeah, all the way it. across the country. Uh, yeah, all across the country. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, usually every team has one pretty easy game. No, not 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 Stanford. Every game is tough, so I, I think they're the toughest in the, in the country. I'm going to say you're not crazy on that one, Ryan. I agree. I do want to throw out one team, though, that I thought is super close, super close. So it's Southern Miss. They have at Alabama, at Mississippi State, and at Troy. Yeesh. Now, if the, it was just those three games, then I would say that is is tougher than, than Stanford's non-conference. But they do have a fourth non-conference against Alcorn State, an ah, FCS team. Yeah. So that sort of guaranteed victory... Well, maybe not guaranteed for Southern Miss, but for most teams. So yeah. I'll agree. I'll agree. You're not crazy. I'm going to say you're not crazy either. The other school I was going to mention was UCLA. They play at Cincinnati, who won 10 games last year, and they should be maybe better this year or the same at least. They also play San Diego State, who's been consistently good, as we've touched on, and Oklahoma. 
Yeah, that's tough. So that that's that's not an easy slate. But Stanford, you know, their overall slate in if you include the Pac-12 uh schedule that they have, it's one of those teams where if they won 9 games against that schedule, I would think just as highly of them as other teams that win 10 or 11 games this year. Sure. Yeah. They do they do avoid Utah out of the south, but so that 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 is a benefit, but they might if they do win the Pac-12 North, maybe they'll they'll play them in the title game, but yeah, yeah. very true. All right. Call me crazy, but within five years, I think that Hugh Freeze will have a power five job, head coaching job, that is. And the reason I think this is he's not quite as toxic as a guy like Art Bryles, where, you know, there were some serious victims and, and horribly bad stuff going on there. Sure. For Freeze, it was it was sleazy with the escort service and the NCAA violations, but he made it through that with pretty much a slap on the wrist. So if he's successful at Liberty, which I think he will because he's a great recruiter and a good coach, then I think at some point some desperate Power Five school is going to give him another chance. I uh, I don't I don't think this is crazy. Uh, we live in a culture now where people tend to forget pretty quickly. Uh, you know he's paying his penance now. He's he's been off a little bit now. He's hiding up at Liberty, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if. If he got hired to a power five job after two decent seasons at, at Liberty. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to get a top power five job, but definitely I could see a mid tier one at least. Two words Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good answer, Ryan. Thank Good you. Good answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you should just I mean, make it a goal on. to answer every question in as few words as possible. I should. So should you. <laughs> oh wow oh shots fired wow you're really gonna say that sorry head, he- sorry head bro who's I'm so kind sorry. of the head brother yeah. of the <laughs> yeah, college football <laughs> bros <laughs> can't believe you'd say that to the head brother <laughs> wow <laughs> all right call me crazy but texas a&m is wildly overrated in athlon's preview magazine at number 10 so i know jimbo's there yeah, the Aggies pulled in a top five recruiting class, and I'm I'm super high on them going forward. But the problem is that not many of those those guys from that recruiting class are going to be key contributors this year. They lost guys like Travion Williams, Jay Sternberger. The defense loses guys at every level, and the secondary last year ranked twelfth in the SEC alone in pass efficiency defense. And then, not to mention, which we've talked about a little bit, and we'll talk about in our preview. They have one of the most brutal schedules in the country, top to bottom. Um, I'm just going to name three teams that they play, and likely the top three: Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. Like right there. So, I, yeah. All right, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say uh, that you are crazy. I mean, Texas A&M last year, if you look at their their oh, how they did, they went nine and four. Okay, if you looked at the ratings, like the rankings, how they put them. Yeah, they weren't a, they weren't in tenth. They weren't a top ten team. But if you looked at them as just the eye test and how they really were compared against all the other teams, look what they did to NC State in the in their bowl yeah. game. They demolished them. They NC State didn't belong in the same field as them. I thought Texas A&M was worthy top fifteen at minimum type team last year, even though they did lose four games. So yes, they do lose some production, but they do they do get my boy Kellen Mond back <laughs> second year. In the system of, of Jimbo Fisher, you would think 
they would make a little bit of a jump as far as knowing the system and everything. So they might not finish the year ranked in the top 10, but I think they're pretty close as far as, yes, when you consider their schedule and if you consider that. I think they are, I don't think it's they will finish 10th, but they're going to be somewhere around there. I agree, Ryan. I, I say Trey's crazy. I mean, I'm just not going to bet against Jimbo Fisher and Mike Elko right now. I mean, I just think they have a really great coaching staff. And to your point, Ryan, last year in the advanced metrics, they were close to a top 10 team. Massey Peabody had them 13th at the end of the regular season. And that was before they demolished NC State in that bowl game. So they were probably close to top 10 last year, right? right. uh, according to that metric. And looking forward this year, Bill Connolly and his S&P Plus projections has them also 13th. So I don't think 10th is wildly overrated. You guys are all talking about the brutal schedule. I don't think schedule matters as much anymore for, you know, projecting where a team's going to be ranked because the committee takes into takes it into account pretty well. They could go 8 and 4 and conceivably depending on how it happens, they could still be pretty close to 10th anyway. So I yeah, exactly. I'm, a loss isn't as harmful as it once was. You know, right. especially, I mean, considering if it's to a good team. Especially so. quality loss. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you get 12 quality losses, the committee is going to put you... They're going <laughs> to love it. They're going to love it. The more quality losses, the better. Wow. Uh, okay, so we've established that Trey's crazy. Yeah. Ryan, it is your turn to be on the hot seat. And we're going to ask you some questions. They're all going to be about Nebraska. So we're going to call it the red hot seat this week. Nice. <laughs> I like it. No, all right. We know about Nebraska's offense, but the defense has left a lot to be desired recently. How much better do you think they can be this year? Well, I think they can be quite a bit better, honestly, and there's I have two main reasons for that. The first is because it's year two under the same defense and the same defensive coordinator. Going into last year, Eric Shenander was the third defensive coordinator in three years for Nebraska, so that's got to hurt. And the continuity, I would think, help, would help going into the, this, this second year, the same system. But my second reason, and probably just as important, is an improved D-line. I mean, they were pretty young on that line last year and didn't have a whole lot of depth. And they were playing a 3-4 defense without a true nose, which is just a recipe for disaster. So we saw them get gashed on the ground quite a bit. Uh, but this year, they're, they seem to be too deep at each spot and actually have two prototypical nose tackle types um, and those two guys actually happen to be brothers uh, Darian Daniels we've talked about before he's the transfer from Oklahoma State and Damian Daniels he's a sophomore who appears ready to make an impact I think he's ready to, to hit the field and they're both huge and will do wonders for this defense to get especially against the run and they were 70th in yards per play last year so obviously not very good I think they can get that to the top 50 range, um, but I also think they'll create more turnover. So while they're not going to have an amazing defense, I do think they'll make a noticeable jump. All right. Do you want to talk for 20 more minutes about Nebraska's defense, Ryan? Or Hey, I could if you wanted me to. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Next question. Besides Adrian Martinez, who are the offensive weapons that people should look out for? All right. Well, the biggest name returning is J.D. Spielman at wide receiver he was on track to have a thousand yards last year until he got hurt uh, if you look to running back Maurice Washington's a pretty electric player he had some huge moments last year as a true freshman although it's not certain he's going to be on the team he's got some some legal issues going on right now but if you want to go newcomers 
you got to go with Wandale Robinson. He's the easy answer. He draws a, a lot of comparisons to Rondale Moore from Purdue. He's got he's about the same size. He's super quick, make you miss type, and he's gonna he's gonna have a huge role, I would think, for Scott Frost in this offense. And he's gonna be put in a lot of different situations, backfield, slot, go deep. So he's a very versatile player, and uh, I think that's the name to look out for, really. I'm going to name drop here. Ross Tucker told me on the phone that he was really impressed with Wondell Robinson in the high school Army All-American game. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, there's there's a lot of hype around him right now. He's going to have a big impact. You speak when spoken to on the hot seat, Ryan. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this gets a little bit hotter, Ryan. Straightforward. Will the Huskers win the Big Ten West? Yeah, that's a really... that's that, I mean, as a Nebraska fan, you, you would obviously... I want to say yes, but I'm going to say that they do not. Um, as we talked about in uh, an earlier podcast, the West is just so wide open. There's honestly six teams that feel like they have a legitimate chance to win the division. Illinois is the only team that, I mean, even if you asked Illinois, they would say, yeah, no, we, we don't have a shot. But <laughs> everybody else, they have a claim. So even if Nebraska is the slight favorite, which a lot of people that are predicting the Big Ten West in the race and who's going to win are, are picking Nebraska, it's only by a slight margin, so their odds are still way less than 50%, so I, I gotta lean no. Last question, if everyone stayed healthy, but Nebraska still went 0-12 and lost every game by two touchdowns, would Scott Frost get fired? Wow, you know, that's wow, that's a really <laughs> tough question. It is very tough. I mean, I would have to say, wow, oh, man, Really? I'm going to say no, he wouldn't, because I'm assuming there was some extenuating circumstance where like half the team just couldn't play for the year for something happened. Adrian (laughs) Martinez, every quarterback. No, everyone was healthy, Ryan. Everyone was healthy. They they all got hurt. They all had some accident. No. Freak freak thing. Some freak thing happened, and most of the guys couldn't play, but they still wanted to play the the, the season. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You really fought the hypothetical there, Ryan. You really... I really fought the. I, I just don't want to admit, think that it could happen. <laughs> Maybe like the the play sheet was upside down the whole year or something. I don't know. <laughs> something crazy like that. Sure. Okay, that'll do it for the segments. Let's close out the episode with a questionable finish. The NCAA established a committee to examine name, image, and likeness rules, which prompted EA Sports to say that they would be very interested in bringing back the NCAA football game. Besides this game, what's something that's no longer around that you wish would come back? All right, I'll get us going here. I'm going to say I wish baggy clothes would come back. Oh, interesting. I, I, I do not enjoy the tight fits. It's just super uncomfortable. I know it looks better. But man, it's just not nearly as comfortable as those baggy clothes. For me, there's a a fast food. This might go along with the baggy clothes because there's a fast food restaurant called Capriati's that had the best pastrami sandwich that I've ever had. What are you? Where is that? I've never heard of that. Well, you actually have one in Culver City, Ryan, right there. So I'm going to I'm going to come visit you again and eat there. But the only location in San Diego went out of business like a year ago. So, wow, I need to go up to Culver City. Eat some of those sandwiches and get some baggy clothes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm missing out. I didn't even know about that. Well, I asked this to college football Allie, and she immediately said Dunkaroos, which oh. I haven't even 
thought about Dunkaroos in in forever. Uh, so that was her initial response. That's but, a good one. That's a good one. But mine is a TV show. One of my favorite TV shows was Entourage, uh, and specifically the character of Ari Gold. He had some hilarious rants in that show <laughs> that I just absolutely miss. And, and Johnny Drama was a good character as well. So yeah, I, I would one. love to see Entourage back. 2020 Iowa quarterback commit Deuce Hogan said in an interview, I'm going to make the defensive coordinator at Ohio State pull his hair out. What causes you to pull your hair out? Well, for people that know me, this is probably pretty easy. I'm I'm very OCD, so when things around the house or stuff at work are, are unorganized and, and not tidy, I get anxious and, and want to pull my hair out. <laughs> okay. That's why you have no hair. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, a little blow. For me, when I'm watching a basketball game and a team is up by four with like two seconds left and they contest the opponent's three-point shot. I hate that. Oh. Get away from him. <laughs> the only way the only way you're going to lose or go to overtime is if you foul him shooting a three-pointer. So I, I can't stand that. No, I completely understand that one as well. Mine was mine is kind of similar to that. It's that the uh, – I think you might we might have mentioned this one before, but at the end of a game for football, like – and we always go back to the, the one example of, of Nebraska doing this, Joe Daly. But a quarterback has the ball, no time left on the clock. You're down, you're losing. You have to throw the ball towards the end zone. Give yourself a chance. You can't get sacked. You, you can't throw the ball out of bounds, which is what Joe Daly did. <laughs> Give yourself a chance. Throw it to the end zone. Last question. Kirby Smart said in response to a question about leaving Georgia someday, quote, why would I leave home? What's something you don't see the purpose of leaving home for? And I'll go first here. I don't see the purpose of leaving my apartment to pick up the food from the Postmates driver. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> I'm very lazy, Trey. I end up doing it all the time. But I left detailed instructions on how to get to my door, and they never come up. They never come up. Wow. Yeah, at that point, when you have to walk all the way downstairs, it's like you might as well have just gone and got the food yourself. That's what I'm saying. I, if I wanted to walk downstairs, I would have just walked all the way to the store. Yeah, that eliminates the Postmates idea. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit. Uh, it's shocking you're not 500 pounds. Then, <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah, I don't. I don't see the purpose of leaving home to watch my team play in a big game. I if I'm not at the game, I prefer to watch a big game in any sport. You know, my team. I like to watch at at home or maybe only a friend's house. Other games. I like being at a bar, a social setting, no problem. But I, I like to be dialed in, more of a personal setting for, for those big games. Alrighty. I took mine as more of a, a general thing, like kind of like Kirby Smart did. I don't see the purpose of leaving where I live in Southern California. That's home to me now. I don't see the, the purpose of leaving there. It's just... What, what, I mean, there's a lot of great places around there for sure, but Southern California, to me, I, I, it can't be beaten, so I'm not going to be leaving. All right, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. If you like the show, make sure you're subscribed in your podcast app. Also, please leave us a, a five-star review on a- Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that. And I'm going to end the show. I haven't done this in a while, but I want to invite our old pal Bruce to make some statements here. Oh, Bruce. Cushy socks and soft underwear. Man, it just makes a guy feel great. Thank you, Bruce. Never gets old. No, it doesn't. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next week, everyone. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, 
email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Since we've been stuck inside, most of us have been neglecting our hair a bit. Trust me, I totally get it. But now with the world reopening, we're meeting with friends, going to events, and it's time to bring our hair back to top form. Rejuvenate your hair with the dual ion therapy of Smooth Wrap. The Conair Smooth Wrap hair dryer helps restore the natural balance of your hair while giving you frizz-free volume and shine in less time. Go to Amazon.com and search Conair Smooth Wrap to order yours today.